Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Holy Gospel found in Luke chapter 4. And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. We have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. This is God's word. So that verse right there was quoted to me by several fellow pastors when I was given the opportunity to decide whether or not I would come and serve our Redeemer as its pastor. I actually had one former colleague who actually told me when I said, well, I've received a call to go to our Redeemer in my home congregation, the church where I grow up. He actually told me, you can't do that. You can't go there. A prophet isn't welcome in his hometown. And I replied to him, I thought it was pretty clever at the time. I said, first of all, I'm not Jesus. And secondly, he still went anyway, didn't he? You see... It's tempting to kind of misinterpret this this passage because we really don't have prophets today like they did in Jesus' day. Those who received revelation from the Lord to deliver to the people of God. Pastors are not prophets in that sense. And certainly Jesus was a prophet unlike any other prophet before him or unlike anyone who would speak the word of God after him, for he was and is the Word of God himself. But it is a, a fair warning that when you go back to your home congregation, it can be maybe a little more challenging to serve them as pastor. Now, I had the, the opportunity to like be gone for like 20 plus years before I actually moved back here, so it's not like I just went from living among everyone here at our Redeemer, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm the pastor. You might think, well, I don't really have any problem with, with Matt being the pastor. I have had, I did you know, mention this one point, there was someone at one point who uh, always routinely called me pastor, but when they were a little hacked off at me and challenged me on something, they called me Matt. I was like, hmm, whoa, okay, I'm doing that, huh? Um, you know, I want you to think about what it's like. You have to realize, I'm my mom's pastor and my stepdad's pastor and I was you know my brother's pastor for a time as well I told my mom I said, you know, she was all excited for me to come back here I'm like you realize you had your dad as your pastor for most of your life and now you really want to have your son be your pastor she's like yeah I'll worry about that later so you know your pastor of people you went to confirmation with and grew up with, your pastor to people who used to scold you for running around the fellowship hall as a little kid and causing all kinds of trouble. Those present challenges, and can a pastor speak the word of God clearly and faithfully? I'd like to think I can, but it is definitely a challenge, not just for me, but for any pastor, no matter his tie to the congregation. And... The gospel for today does a good job of reminding us something about the word of God that we often forget. 
And that is, the word of God exists to make us uncomfortable. And that that component of God's word absolutely has to exist. That's part of the job of God's word. Now, yes, God's word is a word that comforts and gives life and provides joy and hope. It is also a word that upsets us. And so Jesus goes to Nazareth, his hometown, knowing this, that these people in Nazareth, his hometown, they're marveling at him. They can't believe the words he's saying and they're so thrilled and proud to have this product of Nazareth, a town that was kind of a, a, a wayside, you know, a, a, a nothing town. And we hear in John chapter 1, uh, Nathaniel, when he's called to be a disciple, he hears of this guy, Jesus of Nazareth. He says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Right? It's kind of like saying, can anything good come from Iron Mountain? No, I'm just kidding. That was a little Fliver Mountaineer humor. It didn't work. That Nazareth now all of a sudden had a place of honor because here this great prophet had come from there, from Nazareth. And yet, Jesus then reminds them that he is not there to just perform signs and do miracles like they'd heard he'd done in other places. He's there to preach a word that upsets us. And I think we have to admit, all of us, myself included, have a hard time Hearing a word that makes us uncomfortable. There are times when the word of God is unwelcome. We would rather not hear it. Take, for example, today the church often observes Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. 49 years of legalized abortion in our nation. And we are a church, church body, Denomination, hopefully congregation that takes seriously that God values every single human life from conception till natural death. Now we have turned and I, each of us, have not upheld the dignity of every human life as we ought. And see, that makes us uncomfortable, right? Because now, oh, I don't know, pastor. Now you're starting to talk politics. Maybe that is politics. You know, it's said that people don't want to hear politics from the pulpit. Yet it really can't be avoided. We've been trying to discuss some things in Bible study. Really all politics is, is the discussion of how people live together. Now the church doesn't exist to endorse one candidate and um, promote one candidate as some sort of campaign arm of one party or another. But it does exist to speak about how people live together. And whether or not we affirm the dignity of every human life, even from the moment of conception, that is something the church can, should, and must care about. That's only one area in which we might get a little bit squeamish, a little bit uncomfortable at the word of God, which clearly, throughout its pages, affirms that God has created life from the very, very moment it is conceived. And that we are quite literally in the midst of a holocaust. But even that aside, 
There are moments when God's word speaks to us sharply. And it condemns us. That's what we as Lutherans have always understood. The law condemns us. And that's what the people of Nazareth didn't like. And that's perhaps what you and I often don't like as well. That God's word does reveal us to be poor, miserable sinners as we just confessed. And yeah, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm a sinner. I'm on board with that. I agree with that. It's another thing to be told how you have sinned. That you have been filled with pride. That you've been filled with jealousy or greed. Or you have let fear overtake in your life rather than trust in the Lord God Almighty. You see, sometimes we as the church are so bent on making the church a welcome place. And there is a sense in which we want people to feel welcome within our walls. But we also come in here to be made unwelcome, uncomfortable, and upset. Because if we're not, then the word of God is not being proclaimed as it ought to be. Jesus unrolled the scroll of Isaiah and read aloud its words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus comes to proclaim good news. Thanks be to God. Don't we all want some good news? A message of hope and joy and life. And yet those to whom Jesus has come to proclaim it are those he has described as the poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed. And the truth remains, unless you are one of the poor, the captives, the blind, or the oppressed, then there is no good news for you. And it can be a bitter pill to swallow to learn that you are captive in your sin, that you are oppressed by the devil, that you are blind to the ways of the Lord God Almighty. Thanks be to God. Jesus is not just another prophet. He is the prophet. And that's why, ultimately, it makes no difference if the preacher here at Our Redeemer is someone who grew up here or someone who had never been to the Upper Peninsula in his life when he first got into the pulpit. The point is, Jesus is the one whose word we reject. Jesus is the one who comes to speak a word that is often unwelcome and maybe even unwanted. And yet in doing that word, the Spirit of the Lord is upon him to break through our stony hearts, our pride, our shame, our greed, our weakness, our brokenness. Through all of it, he proclaims good news.
He is the prophet who though, it's just a stunning change of events, isn't it? That they marvel at him at the beginning of the text and at the end they're ready to run him off a cliff. They so resent the word he's given to them. We as the church come to hear the word often unwelcome that we are. Captives, blind, oppressed, the poor. Lacking what God would have in us and yet receiving all of it through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see ultimately Jesus' own people, not just Nazareth, but all of Israel. And even beyond that, all of humanity did put him to death. It was for our sin that Jesus took up the cross, allowed the nails to pierce his hands and feet, allowed the thorns to pierce his brow. It was for our sin that he bled, that he suffered, that he died. And yet, it was for the poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed, for you and me, that he rose again. It is for us that he proclaims the year of the Lord's favor. Now there's a phrase, isn't it? The year of the Lord's favor. How will we view this year? I know it's a little bit late to be talking New Year's sort of things. You know, it still says Happy New Year out on the sign out by the, by the street. I haven't changed it yet. I don't know if you're still wishing a Happy New Year to people, but let's just say it's close enough to reflect on what it means to be here in the year 2022. And we're mindful of all the division and brokenness and hurt and evil that exists in the world. It exists in the form of abortion, but it exists in so many other ways as well. And it exists, if we're honest, within our very hearts as well. Hearts that aren't always eager to welcome the word of the Lord. But 2022 is indeed a year of the Lord's favor. Because Jesus Christ remains the one who proclaims this word that sets us free. We, this congregation of poor, miserable sinners, everyone involved from the pastor to every member of the congregation, we all poor, miserable sinners alike gather together to have the favor of the Lord proclaimed upon us. That sins are forgiven. That Jesus the rejected prophet is still Lord of the church. The Lord grant that through all things, no matter how we might struggle against the word of God, no matter how we as a congregation might ever threaten to be divided or broken or hurt, no matter what challenge or obstacle may stand in our way, God grant that the word of God would always be proclaimed. And that when we treat it in an unwelcome way, it would break through the stone of our hearts 
and proclaim God's favor on all of us. That Christ is Lord and that this year and every year to come would be a year of the Lord's favor. A year where the people of God are forgiven and life is theirs. Life is yours. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.